Hey, small group leaders, I'm here with Pastor Sean again to ask him some questions from uh, this past Sunday's sermon. And so thanks again, Pastor Sean, for being here. And we will jump right into the questions. I'm going to start with uh, question number one here, because you wouldn't start with question two. Oh, did I say that? I don't hmm? All right, go. Okay, go, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Why did you feel the need to revisit the Beyond campaign in this week's sermon? I thought that was question three. Well, it was question three, but I just made it question one to throw you off your game. All right, a couple reasons. Uh, for one, the timing of it was that, um, you know, we moved into the building in May, and, of course, that was a big move for us, and I just didn't have a chance to visit the whole vision and where we were in the campaign. Uh, then we launched our series, so the timing just seemed right. And um, and I think um, I just wanted to communicate clearly with the church body. You know, it's kind of my leadership style to be as upfront as I can be and laid out where we were and, and how I thought we could accomplish our goals and our vision. So, um, you know, I, I, I've, for those of you who are small group leaders, um, if you know, I would encourage you to, I'm not going to rehash everything I laid out in front of the church. If you missed it or someone in your group missed it, uh, just encourage them to watch the video. I think it's, it's a very uh, critical um, vision casting and opportunity for Coastal going forward. So uh, make sure everybody in your small group watches the video if they miss this week, and just to, it'll take them 15, 20 minutes probably and hear the vision of Coastal. So exciting, and I had a lot, I've heard a lot of great things, and um, I've already heard a lot of people say, hey, we're going to help Coastal accomplish a goal. So I'm thrilled. I think that's one of your one of your quirks are, is coming through on the the podcast <laughs> when you when you take a breath you go and then you do I yeah I have many quirks they, they even my small out. group had a great time with my quirks because it's super awkward when I'm sitting right there well, to go through well, it was my one quirk. of the quirks that your small group pointed out well of course some of you don't know Joel or Cherry he is oh, they know he's an impressionist and so he imp- he does impressions of me really well so. I don't think we really got to any serious questions for 20 minutes while everyone busted a gut at my quirks. Did he do a shipwreck impression? He didn't do the shipwreck because he said I hadn't done it in so long that a lot of the new people wouldn't remember me saying it. So he said I'm doing some new motion with my hands. Um, he did some good Jeff Shroud, Pastor Jeff Shroud impersonations, a good one of you and a good one of Pastor Andrew. Because so. Pastor Jeff does the what, 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 what do yeah. we? Let's go on to the next question. Okay. I'm sure this is well, that was a question. That great use of our small about. group. Yeah. <laughs> the, so uh, question two is kind of, kind of mm-hmm. piggybacks a little bit from qu- question one here, but uh, why do you believe generosity is connected to a person's view of the church? Well, you're... I actually, I wouldn't even take it a step further. Uh, generosity is connected to your view of the gospel. Um, your generosity is an overflow of understanding. We have a very generous God. Uh, Paul says in Romans that you know our God has given us all things. He's already given us the greatest thing that he can give us, and that's his son, Jesus Christ. So he's certainly not going to withhold anything from us. So, so generosity is an overflow of the gospel, and then connecting it to the local church. You know, um, And actually, I, I kind of give away... Um, I'm actually going to do one more distorted series sermon, um, uh, probably uh, the week after it kind of officially ends, but not this week, but next, or I'm thinking through my calendar a couple weeks from now. Um, but I'm going to talk about giving. Um, so, by the way, small group leaders don't tell your people they won't come. Uh, but just kidding. Uh, but you know, I, I want I want to talk about giving and and its overflow and um, and one of the things and this is a little bit testimonial is that because the church is what God is doing on planet Earth, it's how um, it's the bride of Christ, it's the body of Christ, and it's his it's it's responsible with. Um, 
the Great Commission and making disciples that for me, it's I've concluded that my generosity then starts with the local church. And so the way my family's all done is we tithe to the local church um, right off the top as a starting point of generosity. And then if you know there's other needs, there's other missions, other ministries we want to support, then that comes over and above um, as the starting point of generosity of tithing to the local church. So that was a much longer answer than you anticipated. No, that's bro. good. I mean, I, I think it, um, it, it it's really this... Uh, I think it's twofold. One, we have to understand that it takes resources to fund the kingdom of God, and we see that all throughout the the scriptures. I mean, we see the Apostle Paul, um, the book of Romans. I mean, you brought this out whenever you preached the book of Romans, but that it, one of its primary purposes was that it was a fund it was a fundraising letter that he wrote to to Chapter report. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's here's what's uh, here's what God is doing with the gospel. Um, here's what he's called me to do, and I, I need money in order to do right. that. And so it, it really is being kingdom-minded and being attached to the gospel, like you said. And I also think it's a um, this means of grace that God gives us to prevent us from loving money mm. and trusting in money as a, a type of God. Right. And so uh, sometimes we don't think of generosity as... Um, a gift, uh, God calling us to be generous as a gift from God to us. Right. Um, th- th- he loves us enough to put some things in place in order to prevent us from right. worshiping something other than Him. Right. It's a great reminder, you know, when you when you give generously, that ultimately God provides because you're giving your money away and trusting that the Lord does provide for my future, you know, as well as my now. So, um, yeah, all those are great things and. Um, uh, you know, I think one of the things I love about Coastal is I think all in all, our people, when they see a need, I, I've never been a part of a church that has is, been so great about when you make a need, um, you bring a need to light, that people will step up and meet the need. I think, you know, so, you know, if you could pass that along, small group leaders to your people, it's like I, I, Coastal's such a generous church. I, it's really, really been phenomenal. They give with joy. Um, and so, you know, for each of you that are... Uh, helping us reach our goal and, and donating generously to the coastal. Thank you, and um, and I, I just and and that's a that's a sacred trust that myself and the leadership take very very seriously, um, stewarding the resources of coastal. So, yeah, great. So, final question here, and it's it's um, really two questions in one question, but uh, this was submitted to us through email. It says, Pastor Sean spoke about the importance of having unity with each other. Some are of the opinion that keeping unity means you should never disagree, voice concerns, or address wrongdoing with the church leaders. Isn't this a distorted view of unity? Are there times when not speaking up could bring disunity? Yeah, of course. Um, I think I think a lot of times when a person doesn't speak up, that sows seeds of hurt in their heart and... Um, and those hurts grow. And one of the things I've found through the years is when someone um, begins to not trust their church or be frustrated with church, it just seems to, if they don't talk about it to the right leadership, it just seems to grow until they sometimes leave the church, you know, and, and, and things never got discussed. And so um, I think... I think They'll the, take that hurt with them. And they'll take... That's a great point. They'll take that hurt with them, you know, and so that, you know, that what's going to happen is the... Um, they'll deal with the next hurt the same way they dealt with it here. So um, I think that the, the scriptures g- 
give us how we can deal with our questions because I go talk to someone, you know. And so one of the things that we were very intentional about at Coastal is when you become a member at Coastal, uh, we have you sit down with an elder. And one of the things I teach in our membership class, I say that that's your elder. If if you ever have a question about Coastal Community Church, you know, please go talk to your elder. There's there's nothing hidden. Of course, you know, I'm available. Um, you know, it's you know, there's always schedules on my. Um, space on my calendar schedule time with me you know and and certainly you pastor joey or any of our pastors and uh, executive team you know we're available to answer questions now um the challenge becomes there are times that you know i do think leaders are responsible to lead and so sometimes we have to make decisions and um and so one of the things actually we talked about this last night in our small group that sometimes i think people confuse maybe doctrine with what I'd call philosophy of ministry. So uh, we're all to fulfill the Great Commission. Every church is supposed to do that. Every church is supposed to gather corporately and sing praise and worship, and and so that style can look different from church to church. And sometimes I think people confuse maybe something like that, stylistic, as it's right or wrong, and I don't think that's the case. Um, and so sometimes I, you know, I was trying to give my small group handles on, sometimes I may say, I, I disagree with this philosophy of ministry. That doesn't make your philosophy wrong. I just prefer to do this philosophy of ministry, and I could give a lot more examples. But um, And so sometimes our disagreements may be philosophy, and we have to decide, oh, can I still worship and serve here under a different philosophy of ministry? And I'd say more times than not, we probably can. Um, but uh, I think when God appoints a leader... Um, and this is why Timothy 3, that your leaders are Timothy 3 people, people of character. It's so essential. We should be able to trust them to make good and wise decisions that has the best for the body of Christ and for fulfilling the Great Commission in mind. So, so no, it's not wrong to disagree. I think we should have conversations and, and talk, and then I think... Um, I was just looking at First Peter 5. I mean, this is the uncomfortable truth. There is a place for... Uh, submitting to the godly authorities above you, and if they're godly authorities, then, you know, as a church body, we should submit. I mean, uh, one of the things I, I say to my, when I'm appointing, say, elders at Coastal, it's like, I don't want yes men, but I also don't want the devil's advocate, you know? We don't need to constantly be fighting. I mean, it, we have to work together towards, for the good of the kingdom and for the good of the local church. So, um, it's you know, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle there of, you know, how how we get along. So, and then First uh, Peter 5 goes on to say, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. And I, I've always read that verse in the context of really leadership in the church. And I think the point is we can always pray to God about our for and about our leaders <laughs> that God has appointed in place. I mean, same thing in Romans 13 about our government, you know, I mean— Romans 13, Paul reminds us, ultimately God appoints our government officials, and it's our job to to pray for them, you know, and um, so there's some similarities there. So I don't know if that's a great answer. You got any insight yeah, on that? that's good. I, well, I was more of just a follow-up question. Like if you—I know that we could spend a lot of time on this, and it could be difficult to—we right. we may miss some spots, but when would you say, if you gave some practical, tangible reasons for— the small group leaders and their small groups listening, when is disunity glorifying to God? Mm. I, I would, my, well, my pause is, I would, my initial thought is never, but I think I know what you're getting at. So let me ask, yeah. like, so we talked about, I mean, we even talked about this in our small group last night, like when is it okay to leave a church maybe, okay? And so I think you hit on some of it last week in your in your sermon, when, you're cel- when a church is celebrating sin, that 
I would actually say a church celebrates sin is not a church, so then disunity is not really the issue. But I think that's what you're asking. Like yeah, that's so where I would go. I can't be yeah. a part of that. That's not biblical. Yeah. So um, one of the you know when I think of <clears throat> unity, um, or w- when is yep. a a godly rebellion, maybe for lack of better word, right. something that needs to take place. Like I, I think of even. Um, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mm-hmm. think of I think of Daniel's interaction with King Nebuchadnezzar, yep. and so I, I think of this when uh, you're being asked to do something that violates the word of God. Yep. It's obedience to God to rebel against the leader that's asking right. you to to go against something that God's word says. But in that rebellion, it's it's not snarky. It's not prideful it's it's not mean-spirited it it doesn't come across as i know it all and you don't Uh, the example daniel said or the example shadrach meshach and abednego said what they were willing to the apostles said preaching the gospel and they said we can't you know at some point there are times you have to violate you can't violate the you have to violate the law of man in order to be obedient obedient to to the law of god absolutely and and it looks like a there's it's coupled with humility it's coupled with a willingness to accept the consequences right. for the rebellion um, it's it's not it's not met with hostility correct uh, at least you don't see that in the scriptures correct yeah I think that's uh, and I, that's, you know I've wondered this aloud from the pulpit that I think that may be coming to the American church as we take stands on biblical truth that it's becoming more and more uncomfortable for us and it's becoming labeled and so there may come a day where as a church we will have to violate the law of man in order to um, respond appropriately to the law of god but that will come with we would be willing to take the consequences of the government set over us it's not it's not going to be a any kind of a I'm trying to think of the word. You know, we're certainly not taking up arms, or yeah. you know, it wouldn't be an aggressive rebellion. It yeah. would be a passive rebellion. To we would accept the consequences that the government put over us, and that's what you see in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, yeah. and that's what you see with the apostles. Um, they were willing to go back to jail if they had to, but they couldn't quit preaching the gospel. And so, so I think I figured that was your question. So yeah. yes, there is a time even in church where you're like, and and that's where I would say you're not creating disunity because if a church is celebrating sin it's it's not a church anymore that's right, that's you right. know so yeah. you're actually becoming a true church so yeah. the um <coughs> yeah that's good and and then in matters of um philosophy of ministry or um concern questions about an individual or if you've been sinned against right. um the biblical model first step would be to go to that person directly right. with humility and talk right. to them about that issue, not to go ar- right. around them. Right. And I know a lot of times at Coastal, if someone comes and meets with me, like, I, like hey, Pastor, I have this concern. They, they take the time, they get on my calendar, they meet me. Like, I am deeply appreciative of that. I, I, I'm, in my mind, that church member just... Went, you know, goes up on the scale because I appreciate one. They're taking the word of God seriously. They're taking their time. Uh, it's time consuming to come talk to someone one on one. It's usually uncomfortable because you're disagreeing with someone and you're trying to do that in humility and kindness and love. Like I really appreciate it. I think it's the right thing. And then sometimes I meet with a church member and I realize we realize together. Well, I maybe I heard the wrong thing or. 
you know, there's a new understanding that comes out of that meeting or even a compromise that's healthy or a new light that comes to my mind, something I didn't think about. And, you know, I don't, Pastor Sean doesn't have all the answers all the time, doesn't ever see every aspect. So it brings wisdom to me. And I'm certainly humble enough to change if, change direction if if that's needed. So um, I, that to me makes the church better. You know, that's what we're trying to do is be better for the cause of Christ. Um, if it's a preference thing, though, sometimes I've, I've had to say, well, it's a, that's a preference and here's, you know, the direction Coastal's going. And, and even that, I think, can be done in a way that's mutual and honoring and and even sometimes even unifying. So I think sometimes we, you know, I know when, I, when I've submitted to authority, it, it over me, it's like, I just need to know what you're doing. Okay, I can see that, you know, and, and submit to that. So um, I think that makes us better, you know. So um, that's good. And, and so, I mean, that's why even at, Co- like, one of the things that's a big deal to Coastal, it's why we encourage membership at small group leaders. It's why I encourage you to encourage your small group people to be a member at Coastal. That That's a big part of who we are. We try to tell people on the front end, here's who we are. Here is our philosophy of ministry. Here's why we do what we do and how we do what we do so that people can on the front end of Coastal go, oh, you know what, this does, you know, or no, you know what, this, there's times I, I look at people and go, this might not be the church for you. That's, a, that's another great church that kind of does it that way, and they're a great church. They're biblical, and they, they do it a little different and fantastic, you know, so I think that's really healthy. It can be really healthy. Yeah, and also. I think it's a good practical, because one of the things I was going <laughs> to ask you is what what is something practical that we can encourage the small group leaders to, to do in order to promote unity within their small groups, and, and I think that's a good answer is yeah. really i mean um pushing them to we are coastal pushing them to membership n- not just for membership's sake but because that really is where they can find out the nitty-gritty about what we right. believe and the way that we apply right. what we believe and it gives them uh direct access to high level leaders within mm-hmm. coastal so yeah. that if um there's something that needs to be addressed they have that point person immediately right. and um and they they know the proper procedures to go through in order to um, wrestle with that in a way that honors the the Lord. Yep. And so absolutely. So, um, man, we had a great small group last night, um, and so I hope you guys do. And uh, I mean, that there were some great questions, and uh, one of the questions kind of dealt with this. I mean, you know, there's a lot changing at Coastal, and uh, I've actually in my small group, I said I wish I could be in the other forty some small. <laughs> and hear everybody's answer how they're dealing with the changes at Coastal because we've had a lot of changes in the last year, you know. So so just praying for you small group leaders to have wisdom and, and uh, as you shepherd your people through the changes we're feeling and encourage them and, and um, as God continues to, to use Coastal Community Church to forward the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's that's all the ultimate unity that we have. So um, yep. I just cut you off, man. I'm no, like, that's I'm good. done. I appreciate it. So. Thanks. Great. Sean. Great podcast. Thank you so much to those of you who submitted questions for the podcast this week. As always, if you do have any questions, you can send them to me, Josh Hazel, at my email address, Josh, J-O-S-H, dot Hazel, H-A-Z-E-L, at gocoastal.org. Again, if you send those questions in by Monday uh, around 12 o'clock, we'll be able to incorporate them into the podcast for the week. And we pray that this is just another way that you can supplement your learning throughout the week as you prepare for your small group. Thanks again.